Hi, welcome to the This Mama Needs Grace podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Capel. This is a podcast about a lot of things. Motherhood, marriage, coffee, running, routines. But above all else, this is a podcast about love. It is about grace, and it ultimately is about Jesus. Join me here every week where I turn my neat, typed-up blog content into a raw and honest conversation with you, my friend. Hi all, happy Monday, and welcome back to the second episode of This Mama Needs Grace. Today on the podcast, I'm going to be sharing my two posts from last week, which were about five tips on bringing your baby to Disneyland. We just took Hudson to Disneyland last Monday, and we had so much fun. Obviously, it's different when you have a baby, but it still was a blast, and we learned a few things along the way. So I will be sharing those five things to consider when you are bringing your little ones to Disney. The other post was all about just feelings of overwhelm, just the fact that you and I and we can't do it all. And I feel like I've been recently faced with this reality, and it's something I'm still learning, as I mentioned in the blog post, that I can't do all things well. I can't be the best mom, be the best wife, train for a marathon, keep the house completely orderly, do all the groceries, buy all the gifts, do all the things. It's just not going to happen. So I think this is a really important one for all of us to hear, whether we're stay-at-home moms, working moms, women that are married, women that are not married, Um, Those of us in college, those of us not in college, I think all of us need to hear the, the true fact that we just can't do it all and we can't do it all well. So without further ado, here are my two posts from the week, five tips, bring your baby to Disneyland and you can't do it all. Five tips for bringing baby to Disneyland. On Monday, we took Hudson to Disneyland for the first time. The night before, I was watching lots of YouTube videos on tips and tricks when it comes to Disneyland and babies. Some of it was helpful, but like most things in life, the best way to figure things out is by doing them and learning along the way. Overall, we had a great time, and we are pretty sure Hudson did too. I mean, just look at that face on the teacups. I have always been a fan of trips to Disneyland, and I have been a handful of times. Of all the times I have been, I have to say our trip this past Monday was probably my favorite. It was not my favorite in the sense that we rode lots of rides. It was not my favorite because there were no lines, because there were plenty of those. It was my favorite simply because of the way Hudson's eyes lit up when he saw bubbles through the window of the submarine, met Mickey, and swirled on teacups. There is nothing better than experiencing Disneyland through the eyes of a child. As I already wrote about in my post about bringing a baby to a wedding, babies change experiences. In ways, bringing Hudson always makes things slightly more complicated. We have to pack more, plan ahead, leave early. But seeing those big curious eyes and that goofy eight-tooth smile made everything more than worth it. Things are different now. I nurse in lines. I'm concerned where the best changing tables are located. I care more about visiting Mickey at his house than Space Mountain, and I couldn't imagine it any other way. All this to say, I think bringing your baby to Disney is so much fun, but I also think what makes it fun is being prepared and unattached to expectations. 
you can't compare it to previous trips. It is going to be different, but as I detailed above, I think it is ultimately better. So, if you are planning a trip to Disneyland with your little one, here are five practical tips to consider. Number one, arrive early and skip the tram if crowded. I wish we got to the park before it opened. Both parks open at 9 a.m. After we finally got through parking and the ticket gates, it was closer to 10 a.m. and it was already getting full. I wish we aimed to get there as early as 8 a.m. because it really can take a long time to park and the tram gets crowded. Since it was so crowded and we had a stroller, we chose to walk over and skip the tram. If you get there at a busy time, I think walking over is a time saver. It might have only saved a couple minutes, but we felt more productive. We were able to skip the long tram ride and avoid the hassle of holding up the stroller. It was also nice to have a few minutes away from the crowds. I get that not everyone would want to walk over is able to do so, but if you're willing and don't mind, it really is a short walk, and like I said, it's nice to escape the crowds even for just a few minutes. Number two, take advantage of waiting in lines. The reality is that you're going to spend a lot of time waiting in lines. Especially when you have a baby, it is important to use this time effectively. Use waiting in lines to take care of some ba of baby's basic needs. Lines are great feeding times. While not my first choice, if baby does get hungry or fussy, you can use lines to nurse. Pirates was such a long line that I had to use this time to nurse Hudson. People are so in their own worlds that lines are actually not a terrible nursing spot, as long as you don't mind standing and being surrounded by people. If your baby also eats regular food, you definitely are going to want to have snacks in line to help distract baby. We also use long lines for naps. I would aim to plan for the afternoon nap at the same time as you're in line for the attraction with the longest wait time. For us, we chose to wait in line at Mickey's house as Hudson napped. We knew this line would be long, nearly an hour wait. He woke up a few minutes before and was awake and in a better mood for the picture with Mickey. You can't control everything, but if you can try to be strategic with lines and naps, it will pay off. Number three, pack light. It is easy to overpack. I literally pack 10 diapers. At this point, Hudson does not go through nearly that many in a day. Even though I know that, there is something about being away from home for a good amount of time that makes me overprepare and overpacked. This mostly is a good thing, but the reality is I packed more than we needed and I forgot to pack things we could have actually used, like a bib. The point here is to really just pack the essentials. There is no need to stuff your bag with diapers, just a few will suffice. I also packed multiple outfits for him, and he literally stayed in the same outfit all day. Made me just bring one extra shirt and a jacket, but there is no need to pack the whole closet. One thing I did pack that was handy was a pair of pajamas. It was nice to change him out of his clothes and put him into his comfy PJs before making the drive home. In terms of bags, we just did one backpack with a Lululemon bag to put snacks and miscellaneous things in. While you could manage without a stroller, it was handy having the stroller for extra storage space and as a place for naps. The other essential to pack is a baby carrier. Hudson ended up spending way more time in the carrier than the stroller. When you aren't using it, you can easily put it underneath the stroller. If you don't want to deal with the stroller the entire day, there are tons of stroller parking locations. It also is handy to tie something to mark your stroller with to make it easier to find. We tied a bright orange bandana to ours. Number four, use baby station. This is a tip I did not follow, but I wish I had. There is a baby station that has changing tables, nursing chairs, hide chairs, and all types of baby supplies you can purchase. It is located right on Main Street. You can get a whole tour of it through this YouTube video here. 
It is such a nice and peaceful space. It really is well thought out and has everything you would need. In terms of nursing, it was fine to nurse Hudson on the go, but this would have been especially helpful in the early days. I wish we had planned better to go to the baby station to change his diapers because the changing tables and the regular bathrooms are out in the open and are not padded. It is totally doable to just change baby in the regular bathrooms, but it would have been nice to use the more convenient and thought out facilities at the baby station. Number five, let go of expectations and be home for bedtime. One of the best ways to ensure you have a great time with baby at Disneyland is to let go of any expectations. Do not expect to go on tons of rides. Do not expect baby to stay on a regular nap schedule. Do not expect baby to be happy the entire day. If you're able to let go of some of these expectations, you're going to enjoy yourself so much more. Things did not go perfectly for us. We only made out on a few rides. He woke up when we wanted him to sleep. He fell asleep when we wanted him to be up. And he definitely had some unhappy and overwhelmed moments. However, as a whole, the experience was amazing. While we only went on a few rides, he mostly enjoyed each one. He especially loved Nemo, minus the really dark parts. Pirates was also a hit for him. He was a champ on the drop. I have never seen his eyes get so big. While he did not stick to his typical nap routine, he did get some rest and never became too cranky. And while there were definitely some moments of festiness, it never lasted long, especially with all the fun things for him to take in around us. If my expectation was a perfect baby the entire day and to go on over 10 rides, I would have been disappointed. I really had no expectations, so everything exceeded them. Hudson was overall so good, and some of the pictures and videos we captured of his pure amazement will be some of my very favorites. Final tip is to leave early and get home by bedtime. Yes, you miss the parades and fireworks, but I think it is worth it. You end on a good note. We left around 6 p.m. and at this point, Hudson was still in a great mood. The tram was empty and parking lot was nice and quiet. It was the perfect conditions to change Hudson into his PJs and nurse him before our drive home. It was a successful first trip to Disneyland. While Hudson will definitely not remember the day, I can't wait to show him all the pictures and videos. Disneyland is fun, but I really think it is even more magical when you have your little one along for the ride. You just can't do it all. Obviously, I know this. There is no way I can do it all, let alone do it all well. However, I live and plan out my days acting otherwise. I think part of the issue is the fact that my main job is being a mom. Since I don't have a typical 9 to 5 job, I tell myself the lie that I should be doing more. The problem here is this logic is ignoring the fact that being a stay-at-home mom is an all-consuming 24-7 job. If I was still working, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't feel the same type of guilt when I run out of time to go to the grocery store or fall behind on first birthday party planning. Actually, I probably still would, and I'm sure working mamas can attest to this as well. The point here is no matter what type of job or lifestyle we live, None of us can do it all, and mom guilt is a real thing. Just because I'm a stay-at-home mom does not mean I have the time to have every cabinet in my home perfectly organized or be able to make everything homemade. The truth is, my floors never even look that clean, and it almost is always a scramble getting a relatively good-tasting meal on the table. I can't do it all. 
Back to my previous point about guilt and staying at home. I think since I am not physically bringing in a paycheck to help support our family, I feel a tremendous amount of pressure, solely created by me, to hold my end of the stick by ensuring the house is kept orderly, healthy meals are on the table, and the parties look like Pinterest. Not to mention that Hudson is well-fed, clean, and happy, which let me tell you, just that is a full-time job. And that is a problem. Just doing that sometimes doesn't feel like enough. So I tack on all these other things train for a marathon, be involved in mom's club, teach Bible study lessons, create fun experiences for Hudson, plan playdates, organize all the cabinets and closets and drawers, substitute teach, write a blog, create a podcast, go to yoga, wake up early, budget, buy all the gifts, plan and host events, and the list could go on. I don't want this to sound like I'm complaining because I really am not. I feel so thankful to be in the place to do those things, but what I am saying is that it can quickly feel overwhelming. Even if my main job title is mom, I can't do it all. I tell myself I can do it all because I see through the windows of social media that other moms are doing it, but here's the thing, I'm just looking through a window. I don't get the chance to see the things that she has chosen to let go of or say no to. This is huge. This is what I need to constantly remind myself. No one can do it all. I see the perfectly made lunch, but I don't see the mess in the kitchen. I see the miles and miles of training she logged, but I don't see the nanny. I see the beautifully laid out blog full of amazing content, but I don't see the strained relationships. We are just seeing windows. Remember this, we can't do it all. This is a lesson I'm currently learning. If I'm honest, even typing this up, I feel a bit phony, as Holden Caulfield would say. I am still figuring this lesson out. I say I can't do it all, but I still convince myself I can run 50 plus miles a week, write two blog posts a week, record a new podcast every week, keep the house clean, plan Hudson's birthday party, and most importantly, be the most present and loving wife and mother I can be. This last one is the most important to me, but sadly, my days do not always reflect this priority. That needs to change, and it will. Words and miles will always be there for me to come back to, but this time with my husband and sweet little boy, that I can't get back. So I'll keep typing it until it sets in. I can't do it all. That wraps up episode number two of This Mama Needs Grace. I really hope you enjoyed and were able to get some helpful tidbits along the way. The podcast is now officially available anywhere podcasts can be found. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and even more. We are just in the beginning stages, so I would so appreciate it if you could go ahead on over to iTunes and rate and review this podcast. It would mean so much to me. Also, we officially have an Instagram page, so go on over to tmng underscore podcasts to get all podcast-related updates. I would also love you to give me a follow at my personal account, Kelly underscore Kateble. The links to both these blog posts can be found in the show notes. I hope you all have a great week, and I will see you back here next Monday.